Thank you so much, uh, my sister Charity, for the for leading us through this this morning. Just uh, overcoming the world through transformation—that is the topic slated for us—and she has ably read that text from Romans twelve one through four. But we can continue in prayer. Lord, we continue to thank you for this morning, and we ask that your Spirit will lead us through this time of sharing, even as we take time at your feet these 40 days, we ask that, Lord, we shall hear from you clearly that you will deal with our hearts, you will deal with our minds, you will uh, transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ. So I ask that even as we share in your word this morning, that, Lord, it will be you to speak to us clearly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So uh, this particular portion, Romans 12, actually if I'm to get this book of Romans, one way to divide it is to divide it uh, from chapter 1 to chapter 11, then 12 to the, to the end. I can divide it into two big sections, and that helps in understanding uh, this particular bit. The first section basically deals with uh, understanding how much God has done for us, understanding that it's by grace that we have been saved, understanding that we have been justified freely through Christ, that actually God has God played the bigger part in our redemption. That, that, that is sort of like the summary of the first 11 chapters that were actually destined for God's wrath. We were, were totally sold to, to the evil ways of this world. We were sold, if I'm to say, uh, if I'm to put it this way, we were sold to the devil. But God in his mercy, God in his own way, redeemed us. Not because we did anything good, but because of the merits of, of Christ. If I'm to summarize uh, that that portion. And uh, he shows that even as the Gentiles, we have actually been grafted into, into, into God. That initially we were, were aliens, we were foreigners, we were away, but God in his mercy, actually, there was an experience of a rejection of, of Israel at some point, such so that we Gentiles would be included. So you see that it's totally God's work that we are included in the household of faith, that we are part of his body, that we are part of his family. So it is from that background, and that background ends, ends with the, that doxology, where Paul actually magnifies, he adores God in those words in uh, Romans eleven thirty-three. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his path beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. 
Amen. So that's how he ends that section, magnifying the Lord that how deep are the riches of his wisdom, you know, that no one can actually trace out his path. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has ever given him counsel? Who has ever given him or repaid him? You know, whatever we have, the salvation we've received is actually from him. It is through him. And it is to him. And whatever we have, whatever graces we've experienced are to him. And as such, to him be glory. So at that point, he says, now, therefore, I urge you that thinking through how much God has done for us, you know, now, in view of that mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So this second portion is basically a practical application of the first section that having known how much God has loved us that that we did play anything now there are practical things to think about so as we are talking about overcoming the world through transformation what a joy to start it at this point he says therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy so he's basing on the earlier arguments from the previous chapters that God that have exposed to you how much God has loved you how much God has redeemed you so in view of that that the truth set forth about God's redemption for us should inform our practical living he says the truth of our salvation should not just stay as head knowledge but should trickle down to our day-to-day living it should be seen there should be something visible from that truth so he says in view of God's mercy think about how much God has loved you one he says offer your bodies as living sacrifices that's the first bit he says offer your bodies simply put offer the entire self offer everything from head to toe as a living sacrifice and so friend what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is one that is dedicated totally to God. It is one that a worshiper brings to God to express devotion, to express thanksgiving. And at times it was given in, as, as a way to ask for forgiveness. And the sacrifice was when it would be offered, it would be a sweet aroma to the Lord. And friends, sacrifices were a physical expressions of one's inner devotion. So he says, when you think through how much God has done for you, offer your body as a living sacrifice. You should dedicate your entire body, your whole person to God. You should be devoted totally to God. You should thankfully offer yourself to God. There should be real devotion to God from you. Then sacrifices were immobilized. They were killed. He calls us to immobilize ourselves, to be dead to the world, to have our bodies totally dead to world systems, totally dead to world suggestions. We must offer ourselves, not animals, daily laying aside our own desires to follow him. We must do this out of gratitude in view of his mercy, out of thinking about how much God has done for us. So that is the call, the call for us. 
that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. God indwells in us. Remember, sacrifices were brought to the temple, but now these bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So in these bodies, acceptable sacrifices must be offered. So what am I putting in my body? What, what exactly is my body carrying? That, that is the question that is there. If we are to see transformation, what is offered in my body should be that in line with God. So the Old Testament worship involved animal sacrifices. Now our worship should be a thankful response to Jesus who gave himself as one perfect sacrifice graciously to redeem us. So he says, offer your bodies totally to God. You must dedicate that word holy is sort of like a dedication, be dedicated to his service set apart. We must be set apart. So the only way, one of the ways to experience transformation is when we offer our whole selves, not just a part of us, but our entire selves to God's service. When we dedicate ourselves to God's service and he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. This is the way we are going to give God worth. This is the way we are going to acknowledge God. So worship is way bigger than singing. No, it, it entails dedicating our entire bodies totally to God. And friends, all this stems from this fact in view of God's mercy. So the first point, friend, I'm, I'm making is if we are going to overcome the world, one, our bodies must be totally dedicated to God. So certain questions should be asked. How am I feeding? What am I feeding my body with? What am I feeding my ears with? What are my eyes feeding on? Where are my feet going? What are my hands touching? What is my nose smelling? What is coming into my mind? What is coming into my heart? What am I consuming orally into my stomach? So, so at the end of the day, this body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, thinking through how much God has redeemed it, thinking through how much God has redeemed me, then I, out of gratitude, in view of God's mercy, I must offer it, I must dedicate it totally to God. And friends, look, he uses that it is like an active, it is, it, it is an active sense that I have a role to play, says offer. You don't just offer by, 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 by just sitting. No, there, there should be that active bit that there is a role for me to play in this transformation journey. But still, it stems from the fact in view of God's mercy that the motivation for me to offer my body as a living sacrifice is actually remembering that Christ paid the price. I should honor God with my body that I have been redeemed from the worthless life of this world, that Christ gave himself totally for me, that I've been justified freely through faith. 
that actually God has powered out his love in my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I must now live to that. I must live to that. My body must actually be in tune. My entire self, mind, soul, and spirit must be in tune to God. It must be. My entire self must be totally dedicated to God. So that is where it comes from, that I must be dead to the world as the sacrifice is dead. I must be dead to the world and think about more how much God has done for me. That's the first point. The second point, he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That is possible to come to Christ, but you continue in the world ways. It is possible to come to Christ, but you continue in the, in the old ways. But he, say, he says, do not conform any longer. Now totally make a total turn around, a turn about, and conform now to something new. Uh, the Phillips version says, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. That the world has its own mold. It wants to squeeze you into a given mold. But it says, no, do not walk in that mold of the world. The world has its own standards, but do not be squeezed in the standards of the world. It is okay to amass wealth at the expense of the common good as long as you are good at accounting. That is the mold of the world. That as long as you're in that office, as long as you keep the books of accounts well, the auditors come and audit you well, and they give you a, a good, a good, I don't know how it's called technically, a good report. You know, some people say it is okay. Yet in yet, yet in real sense, you've actually misused the finances for the common good. You've actually taken them for personal gain. But because you are good an accounts person, you're good at putting the figures together, you're good at generating a good report, then it is okay because you have not been caught. You know, but friends, that is the world system. Yet now our system says that is real, real theft. That is theft of the highest order. You are actually a thief. So he says, do not conform any longer. The world patterns say it is okay to indulge the sinful nature. It is okay to satisfy yourself by eating anyhow. You know, where we move, it is your money. Eat whatever you, you, you wish. Eat at whatever, you know, at whatever rate you, 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 you want. But the Bible cautions us against greed. So even when the world system is, as long as it is your money, splash it as you want. No, the Bible cautions us against greed. It is okay for the, in, in, in the, in the world system to have sex with anyone you wish as long as you don't get sick as long as you're not impregnating them they say it is okay but listen according to this system that is fornication that is sexual sin which attracts judgment which attracts god's wrath actually the bible compares it to the sin of idolatry and we know that idolatry is detestable before god it's one of those sins that has consequences down the lane so friend the world has its own mold but 
if you are going to overcome it, you must be transformed. And one way of being transformed is not conforming to it, not conforming to its patterns, not allowing you to be fixed in its mold. So do not flexibly fit into the world's mold. What are some of those? Actually, the, the, the Romans chapter 1 talks about some of those things of the world. I'll read verse 21 to 23. It says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in sin, the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for a degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. So you see, the world has its own mold. You know, it thinks, you know, you can glorify yourself. Because it says, although they knew God, they never glorified him, nor gave him thanks. You can just, you know, you can live life for just you, satisfying your own desires here and there. You can live for your own glory, not the glory of God. Those are the patterns of the world. You, you, you can carry, now there's this popular beat which is coming in, LGBT. That is the world standard now. It looks cool. It looks okay. It has attracted, you know, you know human rights and all that, that noise that comes around. But listen, what is God's standard? So he says, do not flexibly fit into, into the mold of the, of the world. Even when the world is advancing its agenda, we are called to advance the agenda of God. We are called not to give in. We are called to become unpopular many times because the world system is popular, God's God's suggestions, God's ways are unpopular. So we, that is where we are called. We are called to live in this narrow path. The way to, 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 to death is very wide and many take that path, but we are called to walk this narrow path. So do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That is the call for us. If we are going to overcome the world, then we must stand out of the crowd. Then we must be that white cow amid this other cow. That is the call for us. That we are, it's, it's, it's something that must be cautiously thought through. But listen, still, the motivation is in view of God's mercy remembering how much God has redeemed me, then I should not flexibly fit into the pattern of the world. I should stand out of the crowd. That is the call because I know I have been redeemed. I, as Peter puts it, we were not redeemed by, by, by perishable things, but we were redeemed by the imperishable. We were redeemed by the costly blood of Christ. We were favored. We were greatly favored. We were redeemed not with what perishes, but what is imperishable. We were redeemed at a cost. So in view of that, 
then I should not give in. I should not, I should no longer be fixed in the mold of this world. So what 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 is the call for us then if we are not to be to be to, to conform to the to the patterns of the word is saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is the word there in the Greek is close to metanoa, by a complete change of your mind. The same word that is used for repentance, that complete change, that my mind must be totally changed. My mind must be totally renewed. It is a 180 degree turn, never to return to the other, to the other point. So how is that going to happen? It must stem from a point where we are feeding on God's word. What you feed your mind on is very, very key. Let God's word transform you. The Christian mind should be reshaped by the gospel message. You should allow the gospel message to inform your mind. You should allow God's, you know, God's word to inform your mind. You should allow the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that is what should be consuming our mind. The age to come is what should be consuming our mind. And once our mind is steadfastly fixed on that, then we know we are on a good path. Listen to what he, he earlier writes in Romans 8, verse 5. He says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So it says, what is controlling your mind? What is the focus of your mind? In view of God's mercy, set your mind to be controlled by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Allow God's word, because remember, God's word is the sword of the Spirit, as Ephesians 5 puts it. So allow God's word to saturate in you. And as God's word is saturating in you, then you're going to, to, to start to desire things of the Spirit. You're going to desire to be led by the Spirit, not by the sinful nature. But if, 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 what, if what you're feeding on most are soaps, are movies of every kind, is music that does not glorify God, then that is exactly what, what is going, to, what, what is going to, 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 to happen. Your mind is going to be fixed steadfastly on sin because what you're listening to is music which is full of sexual suggestions, which is full of violence, which is full of hatred, which is full of sorrow. You know, that is what your mind is feeding on. So that is what is going to come out of you. The Bible says, out of the, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You, 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 you just be full of violence, full of bitterness, because that is what exactly what you are feeding on. But the more you are feeding on God's word, then that is what is going to be in your mind. That is what is going to, to set the best for you. And so that is what is going to influence your day-to-day -day 
in living. So our minds must be reshaped by the gospel message, by a const- by constantly thinking through the work of Christ. No wonder when Jesus is going, he leaves us with a memorial. He leaves us with the memorial of the Lord's Supper. And he says, do this as often as you, as, as, as you do it in memory of me. That he establishes a firm memorial that that is what should be consuming us, how much he loved us, how much he gave himself. But that, that way is only sustained when you're keeping in sync with God's word. We should be consumed by the age to come that God is coming in Christ is coming back soon. He will come for a church which is without stain, which is without wrinkle. And so every time I'm thinking about the age to come, that he will come to judge the living and the dead, that that will propel me to live a transformed life that will propel me to live a life that honors him, that will propel me to dedicate myself wholly to his service. That's what he calls us to do. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. That God's will, which is good, which is perfect, which is pleasing, is only, you know, called when we have a renewed mind. And thirdly, Vathri says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. That there should be humility. You should have Christ's attitude as he says it in Philippians 2. Though he was God, he did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, but humbled himself to a point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him. That is the same attitude we should be having. We are saved by grace. So we don't need to boast. We don't need to think of ourselves, you know, so highly. It's just by grace that you and me have been saved. And that reality should hit us. We should not actually, you know, step on so and so because we think we are so highly, you know, and all this. He says, no, by grace given, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. So the call is for you and me to actually walk in humility. And friends, one of the things that overcomes the world is humility. Paul acknowledges that his ministry exists because of grace. So we need to evaluate ourselves, not by worldly standards, because that is deadly. Because when you evaluate yourself by worldly standards, you say, I am the CEO of this organization. I supervise these 200 workers. You know, I'm a father to this number of children. I'm a grandparent to all these children. Then you begin to, 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 to swell. You begin to, to, to feel yourself as untouchable. You, you, you find that that is the definition of your value. Even when you come before God, you are coming as the CEO. You are coming as the, the, the supervisor. You are coming as the whatever manager. You know, he says, no. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. 
Remember, you were a wretched sinner saved by grace. Remember, you were destined for, for, for eternal condemnation, but by the grace of God, you were saved. Remember, you were an alien, you were a foreigner to God's promises, but God in his mercy saved you himself. Remember, you were not a people but God in his mercy has called you to be a people. Remember, you were condemned to death. You were not a son of God, but Christ in his mercy made you a son of God. So just come in gratitude, remembering there's nothing you could do to save yourself. So he says we should be thinking about ourselves soberly, that even the graces that God has given us, as you hold that off, it's just by grace. It's just by his mercy. God has favored you. You were not the best, but God in his mercy, he has placed you in that office. He has given you that responsibility. So instead of using it to swell around, instead of using it to, 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 to just, you know, indulge yourself in this and that, no, I should remember it is by grace. Even me as a minister, I should not think of myself so much. You know, you know thinking, ah, since I'm a clergy, then no, it is by God's grace. It is his, by his mercy. I am not worth, but it's God who has qualified me. I, when I think through certain aspects, who am I? So he says, do not think of yourself so highly. Do not evaluate yourself by worldly standards. That is deadly. But rather, think, think of yourself and find your true value in God's eyes. He says, once you do that, you are on a journey to transformation. And friends, that is one way of overcoming the world. The world is full of splashing all these credentials. You know, people are finding their worth in the credentials, in their academic achievements, in the, in the workplace uh, roles. And, you know, at times we lose it. Actually, not at times, many times we lose it because of that if I'm, let me say, I'm a professor, I'm a, you know, how do you just address me as Mr. Sarah? No, 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 no. You should put the title professor, but listen to me. Whether a professor or not a professor, we all end the same. So that should sober us. But just one thing that we have been redeemed, grace, graciously redeemed, and that should motivate us. And friends, once we are walking that path, then there is going to be transformation, which overcomes the world. I've seen men who have all these credentials, but going down to serve, to a point of, if, 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 if the way Jesus describes it, washing the disciples' feet, they lay aside their titles and serve in humility because they, have, they are in view of God's mercy. They are willing to walk whichever path to serve God, pulling aside their titles. And that's what God is calling us. They are willing to associate with the law, laying down their titles because they know how much God has loved them. They know even the titles they have, it's just by God's grace. It's just by God's doing. So friends, that's what God has called us to do. 
So friends, in summary, one, the call is for you and me to offer our whole person as we lay down our desires before God. The call is for us to be dedicated to God's service. But friends, transformation is a journey and it stems from a heart that is constantly grateful for God's saving grace in Christ. So the more we are consumed by how much Christ did for us to redeem us, the more we are motivated to holy living. This this is what motivates us to commit to God's word, which changes our thought patterns to God's mind. And at the end of the day, this brings transformation. Friends, I want to remind us the world has its own mold, but we must be alert. And so in gratitude to God, we should focus on the standard in God's word if we are to see transformation. And I'll just read the words that Jesus speaks in his high priestly prayer. The last prayer he makes before he leaves earth. These are the words, and they're very, very key words. And it's his prayer. He says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So friends, in summary, we need God's word to daily dwell in us. And this word dwells in us. We shall be sanctified by the truth of God. And that is where there is real transformation. So I pray and I want to commend each and every one of us to the word of his grace, which is able to save us, which is able to build us, which is able to transform us as we overcome this world. In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, uh, Reverend Mrs. Sarah, for speaking to us. Friends, let us receive the word of God this morning. Our Father and our God, we thank you you because your word has come in so timely to us. We pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will help us, Lord, to take in your word. May your word sink in our hearts this morning. Father, speak to us as we continue to go through this day, reflecting on what you have told us this morning. Lord, this year we need total transformation by the renewal of our spirit, by the renewal of our mind. Father, renew us, renew each one of us this morning. We receive your word and we bless you, Lord. Father, we bless you and we thank you so much. We continue to thank you, Lord, for Reverend Mr. Sarah. We ask you, Lord, to bless him. Bless him, bless him when he's going out, bless him when he's coming in, Lord. Bless his ministry, bless his family. Father, we thank you for using him in clarity. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you have put on his heart to us this morning. So continue to use him. We pray that his focus will continue to remain on you, our dear Father. In Jesus' name. Reverend reminded us through the word of God that we were totally dead, totally sold out to the enemy. But in God's mercy, we have been redeemed. So, Father, we thank you for redeeming us. We thank you, Lord, for we are now your children. You love us and you, you call us by your name. 
we are the apple of your eye. So, Father, we pray that our deeds, that all what we say will honor you. We magnify your name and we glorify your name. He reminded us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Father, this morning, thank you so much for reminding us that we are the temple of your Holy Spirit and we ought to be pure because your spirit lives within us. You've reminded us, dear Lord, to live a life of thanksgiving, a life of purity because you're a pure God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you keep us pure because you tell us in your word that without holiness, no one will see you. May we be pure in our words, in our thoughts, and in our deeds. May our lives, Lord, be an aroma pleasing to you, O Lord, King of glory. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray that we will die to the worldly pleasures, the system of the world that is corrupting, O God. Take our eyes off things of the world, Heavenly Father, and keep our focus on you. Lord, this year is a year that you want us to go to another level, a level of consecration, total consecration. May we, O Lord, be totally be sold out for you, O Lord. May you be the center of our hearts as mothers, as, as wives, as, as fathers, as adults, as people called by your name. Lord, we must bear fruit that lasts. Father, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray that you help us to overcome the enemy. Reverend Mr. Sarah reminded us that if we are to be totally transformed, we ought to watch the gate of the eye, the ear. What are we listening to? What are we feeding on? What, what about our hands and our feet? Father, this morning we pray in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you wash our eyes, you wash our ears, we wash our mouth. We have allowed our ears, we have allowed our mouth to say things that are not good, things that do not honor you. If the Holy Spirit resides in us, we ought to be people who have a guard. Let us put a guard on our ear, a guard on our eyes. What we say and what we, we hear matters. We pray that we will not be uh, contaminated by the, the pleasures of the world. Father God, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, we ask that this year, 2023, you order our feet, you order our hands, you order our mouth and our feet. Scripture tells us in Psalm 1 that we should not to be standing in the counsel of the wicked. We bear the name of Christ. We can't afford to stand and start engaging in conversations that do not honor the Lord. Hear us as we pray this morning, King of glory. Hear us, O Lord, and put a guard on our mind. Whatever is in our mind, O Lord, I pray that it will please you. We pray that our motive will please you. If we are to be transformed, like the, the, the speaker reminded us this morning, we ought to die to the flesh. There are areas that are still honoring God and at the same time enjoying the worldly pleasures. Father God, Holy Spirit, 
show us those areas that we must die to. You know, scripture tells us in First Peter chapter 4 that we have spent enough time in the doing what doesn't please God. We have spent so much time in, in doing what the pagans do, debauchery, lust, drunkenness, and all that is detestable. This year, Heavenly Father, may we draw closer to you. May we purpose, may we purpose in our heart that we live to please the Lord and not to please the world and not to please them and not to please man. Because friendship with the world is an enmity with God. So, Father, this morning I pray, as we've begun this year, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may your Holy Spirit continually direct us, direct me, my master. Help me to die to those things that are not honoring your name. Some of us are struggling with anger. Enough is enough. We have crossed over into the new year. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, to show you what hinders us, what is distracting us from serving the Lord, from honoring God, from loving, for, from loving one another. We are a body of Christ. We need each other. I pray that in the name of Jesus this year, as transformed people, we will, be, uh, we, will be, we will have teamwork. We will live with one another in love, in harmony, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. King of glory, we continue to pray. Like the speaker reminded us, that if we are totally to be sold out for Christ, totally transformed, we ought to walk the narrow path. It's not going to be easy. The Lord is with us. Let us choose the narrow path because we know that the crown awaits each one of us. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, help us, help us not to look at titles. Help us to be humble like the speaker reminded us. Humility. Christ, may we desire your nature. Your nature is humility. Humility. May we respect the elders. May we respect our leaders. May we not slander one another. May we speak to each other with love, with comfort, with encouragement. Like the word tells us, Father, transform us this year. Transform us. Help us to die to the flesh. Help us to hate sin. The speaker reminded us that if we are, if we are to be transformed by Christ, we must live a lifestyle of repentance. Repent, repent, repent. Father God, help us to repent. Help us to break down. You're looking for a contrite heart. May we repent day and night. May we repent totally. Empty us of self. Empty us of everything, God, that has hardened our heart. Empty us, the fights and quarrels. Father, this is a season of reflection. This is a season of prayer and fasting. May we hear your voice. May we take off time to be disciplined people. If there is going to be transformation in each one of us, we ought to be totally disciplined people, totally disciplined in prayer, in fasting, reading the word of God. May we pray when cathedral calls for prayer. May we turn up for the glory of God. There are things we must die to if we are to be transformed. 
So, Father, help us. We are weak. We are busy. But, Lord, you're not looking at the busyness. You're looking at our heart. Has our heart been transformed this year, 2023? We are not remaining the same. We must grow spiritually in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. A lifestyle that honors God. Let us feed on the word of God. Let us not grow weary. Father, may you give us a new reading plan of your word. We need a new reading plan of the word of God. We need new friends who will take us to another level through the spirit of God in fellowship, in prayer. Let us hold hands and pray. Let us die to the flesh and die to the things that completely distract us. Father, we ask you to take full control of our mind this year. We ask you to take full control of our heart. May we desire the spirit of God like the speaker reminded us, desire the spirit of God. Desire the spirit of God and not the human nature. So, Father God, we pray that our lives will be totally transformed for your own glory in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. The speaker reminded us that it is by grace. It is indeed by grace. It's not about us. We've done nothing. We do not deserve it. Father, thank you so much for dying for us on the cross. Lord, we just celebrated your birth. May we not just celebrate your birth on Christmas Day, but may we celebrate you being born in our hearts every day. Father, we want to pray for those people who are still out in the world celebrating only Christmas, and then they go back to their worldly ways. Lord God, raise men and women to go out there and raise up souls and draw souls for you, Christ Jesus, into your kingdom, because the world is perishing. The speaker reminded us this morning that we must honor God. We must focus on the kingdom of God. So help us, dear Lord, to desire to focus on you. Day and night, we must desire to focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I, I desire that I focus on you. I desire that, Lord, you will use me to transform my family, that my family will desire, Lord, to seek you, that my neighbors, Lord, you'll use me to reach out to them, that they, may, they too may desire you, God, King of glory. This is the reason you've called us, Lord. Father, this year, may we desire to spread your gospel. May we desire to spread your gospel, King of glory. King of glory, may we desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that, Lord, you do not cast us like the fig tree, my God. May we desire, Heavenly Father, to bear fruit that lasts. The, the speaker reminded us, we are in office, we are in businesses, we are mothers, wherever God has placed us. Like the speaker reminded us, Lord, may we desire total, total transformation. Help us to remind, to remember that we are the 
put under light. Heavenly Father, transform my thinking, transform my motive, transform my heart, break me and remold me afresh. In this year, my Father, I pray, oh God, that my mind will be totally for you, Jesus Christ, that I bear fruit, my master, multiply us, oh God, as cathedral ministers, oh God, multiply us, my master. Bless the work of our hands, King of glory. Align our feet, oh God. May we tarry in your presence this year. May we get tired of sin. We may we hate sin. May we look at sin, oh God, and not not uh, not have any desire for sin. May we, Lord, live above sin in the name of Jesus Christ. May we be pure people. May we be people who hunger after you, God, day and night. In our thoughts, in our deed, oh God, whatever we say, King of glory, Father, this year, let transformation be upon our household. Let transformation be in the body of Christ. Lord, we pray that our leaders will be transformed. Look at our nation, God. Lord, may our nation be transformed for your own glory. May cathedral be transformed for your own glory, King of Kings. Master, we do not want to go back into the ways we've been operating, God. The speaker reminded us that the worldly system is dead. It leads to nowhere. Father, help us to cling to you. Help us, mighty King of glory, to do everything in an excellent manner. Father, because when we are transformed people, our work, our work, oh God, will honor you. Our conversations will honor you. When we are transformed people, we will go out and put into practice the gifts that you've given unto each one of us, King of glory. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this Monday morning, at the beginning of the week, at the start of the year. May we be aligned, oh God. May we, may we be orderly in what we do, that it will honor you. May you give us, Lord, friends that all fear you. May you connect us to people who totally fear you. And Lord, I pray that we will not grow weary, that we will not fear in this year, because you are transforming us into your likeness day by day, and you have promised to shield us wherever we will go, and in whatever we will do, God, King of glory. Father, we give you glory. We honor you and we totally surrender. Total transformation in the Lord starts with total surrender. Break our knees that we will start prayer. Every day we will start on our knees. Throughout the day we will reflect on your scripture. In what we say, in what we say, Lord, in what we do, King of glory, that your name, oh God, will take center stage. Father, we are all work in progress. Come down, Holy Spirit, Father. May we hear you and may we follow your word. May we be obedient to you, King of glory. Open our hearts and pour our love, O oh God, for you and for your people. Holy Spirit, we need you more than ever before. We give you glory. We give you honor. For this is the day that you have made, King of glory. We ask you, dear Lord, that you go ahead of us this day at the start of the week. Lord, clothe us with your armor, strengthen us. Whoever is on call this morning as, and is weary, may you, Heavenly Father, pour a new grace. You tell us that your grace is sufficient for each one of us. Strengthen us to continue serving you. Do not give up the work of salvation. Do not 
fear. If you're here and you're at crossroads, may the Lord grant you grace in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of fellowship. Be blessed, brethren. Thank you so much.